I love the framework in Scripture that shows us how God builds hope for lost humanity. The shadows of salvation that we see in the Old Testament prepare us for the promise that was revealed in the New. Everything is there in Scripture for a reason. Every law and lesson, every commandment and requirement, every festival and feast, every story and situation becomes part of that most majestic picture that God presents to us in the promise of salvation. A salvific promise that comes to us in the here and now and one that is given to us not just for this life. I'm grateful for what God has done in this life. I'm grateful for how God has turned homes around and how God has brought people out of darkness into marvelous light. I'm thankful for bondage and sin that has come off of some folks' lives and now they walk a different way because of salvation in this life. They, they, they know a greater hope and a greater promise because God did something for them here and now, but we're also looking to a heavenly hope and a heavenly promise because God has a plan of eternal salvation for every single one of us. I'm I'm so thankful for that, that promise of salvation. Today is one of those significant Sundays. It's Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost means 50. It's that annual event on our calendar that follows 50 days after Easter. In Judaism, it's the Feast of Pentecost that follows 50 days after the Feast of Passover. The sacrifice of Passover yields the promise of Pentecost. That was the way it was in the Old Testament. And now that we're in the New Testament, the sacrifice of Passover, that Passover lamb of Jesus, yields the ultimate promise in Pentecost. That lamb was slain so that we would have the promise of hope, the promise of salvation. And we see it in Scripture that seven weeks after Calvary, we're introduced in Acts chapter 2, to that day of Pentecost. But it's not just another day of Pentecost that's introduced to the Hebrew calendar. The Bible makes this distinction. It said when the day of Pentecost was fully come. That up until then, Pentecost had come, but it had not fully come. It had come on their calendar, and it was a picture of a promise that was yet to be realized and received. But here in Acts chapter 2, the author Luke says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. It's Pentecostal power came in fullness on that particular day. The Bible goes on to give us this uh, information. It says they were all with one accord in one place. One accord in one place. I, I know that we've come from many different regions this morning. I know that we've come from different parts of our city. We've come from beyond the borders of Fredericton, perhaps, and you're with us in the room. You may have just clicked online and you're connecting with us this morning by way of webcast, or maybe it's a little later and you're just catching up. But here's what I know. God's brought us all together on purpose this morning. 
And we have the opportunity when we come to do our own little thing and go our own little way at the end of the day. But we also have this promise that is there for us that if we gather together and we begin to sing and all of a sudden the song comes with a common theme and we begin to connect not just in our voices and not just in our music, but we begin to realize there's something greater at work in the room. There's something powerful that's beginning to occur. There's, there's something that's moving from vessel to vessel. So there's something that's moving from the front to the back, from the left to the right. When we begin to realize that and, and we begin to kind of synchronize in the spirit, the Bible says that something happens. Hey, there's this one accord that can occur. There is this opportunity that we have. We're in one place together, but we're about ready to come into one accord. We're about to have a common theme. We're about to have a common purpose. We're listening to the word of God together. We're inclining an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the church and it becomes more than just a service it begins to come into this brand new focus of we're coming into one accord because God has a plan designed for this day God has a plan designed for someone in this room and and our our ideas go by the wayside so his idea becomes a reality God's got a divine design on this day God's got a divine plan and when we begin to operate under the assumption that God has us here collectively, that we just didn't come, it was maybe our decision. It was our volition that got us up this morning. Anybody else hit the snooze button today? Kathy loves the snooze button. No. Kathy's the, she's that girl that when the, the alarm goes, she's like, she's about her day. I don't even always use an alarm, but last night I was a little weary, and I, I thought, well, I'm going to set this thing, and I'm glad I did, because when it started buzzing early this morning, I uh, reached over, and there's, I, I don't know why Apple does this, but on your phone, they got that big yellow button, and they know that when you're half awake, you just hit that yellow button, because that gives you, I don't know what it gives you, nine more minutes? Not 10. Nine. I don't know why nine. I don't know what the logic or the reason or the science behind nine minutes is. I, I don't know why. In my mind, I'd like 10. I'd like 10, please. But I can't. I never found a setting. Change the snooze. Maybe it's there. I don't know. I just didn't look for it. Ne never saw it going through menus. Never saw it. It's just nine minutes. And there, there I was. Down. And I thought, I probably won't even need that. Sure enough, <clears throat> nine minutes later, I did fall asleep. I'll just hit that one more time. <laughs> I must have needed that nine, nine minutes. And there it was. Nine minutes. And I went back, and I thought, I probably won't even need that nine minutes. And... Nine minutes later, I was like, I'll just hit that yellow one one more time. And I did. And that's about the time that Kathy comes unglued. <laughs> what are you doing? Just, I probably won't need it, but. I don't know why that is, but 
But he, here we are this morning. I, I hit that snooze button a few times today. Don't know why. <clears throat> Tired. That's why. But there's something about that awakening. Sometimes it's a little difficult. Sometimes in a service like this morning, we're saying, get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. And I know what you all did in the Holy Ghost. Just give me nine more minutes. The problem is our song service is only about 14 minutes long. So by the time we hit snooze a few times in the Holy Ghost, it's about time. That's, a, that's when we get to that third song. And, and they're saying, get up, get up, get up. And, and I begin to feel it collectively. Everything began to kind of come together. We, we all kind of, we were all on different pages a little bit earlier this morning. But, but by the time we got to the end of that song and now that we're into the word of God, I, I think we're all kind of together today. I, I think that we're all coming into sync. And you know, the Holy Ghost just kind of does that, doesn't he? How many, are, how many are glad that God still kind of works when we all get in the room? But, but then something begins to occur when we all begin to collectively come together that, that we were all in one place but, but now that we're in the word of God, we're all becoming in one accord. We're all inclining our ear. I, I wonder if just for a moment we begin to acknowledge that something's about to happen. Because it's in that environment. It was in that environment in Acts chapter 2. That when people got together in one room. That really wasn't the full criteria. But when they were all with one accord. The Bible says that the day of Pentecost was fully come. I don't know what the day of Pentecost fully coming in 2022 looks like this morning. But I know we only get there when we come together in one place. And we begin to get in one accord. I wonder if someone would just begin to pray God. When Whatever you got in store, let it come this morning. I want to be a part of that. I want to be engaged in that. I want to see that happen. I need that in my life. My community needs it. My city needs it. My family needs it. My world needs a day of Pentecost that fully comes. Come on, I wish someone would just lift a hand and say, let it come, Jesus. Let it come this morning. Let it happen. Let it happen in this place. And the Bible says that when those things came together like they are this morning, the Bible says, and suddenly, suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a, of a mighty rushing wind. We need a suddenly moment this morning. Our world needs churches all over our world to have a suddenly moment this Pentecost Sunday. Our world needs, come on, North America needs a suddenly moment this morning. You may be somewhere else and you're just prepping to go to church right now, but I wonder if you just say it's going to be a suddenly kind of day today. I, I'm getting ready. I'm getting synced up in the Holy Ghost. I, I'm getting prepared for what God's going to do in my church, in, in my life, in, in my home. I'm getting prepared. And, and when we come together in one accord, something suddenly happens Something suddenly happens. The Bible gives us this information. It says that there came a sound 
from heaven. It wasn't the sound of the PA system. It wasn't the sound of the drums in the drum booth. It wasn't the sound of your neighbors singing along with whatever was happening in the room this morning. But the Bible says there came a sound from heaven. I'm looking and I'm listening for that heavenly sound to begin to occur. I, I'm looking and I'm listening for that heavenly voice to begin to move in our room. And the Bible just says this. It says, as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And I know that if it happened in Acts 2 when they came together, when they were in one accord and in one place, then we have the promise today that if we'll get together in one accord in this place, that it's going to happen again. And I'm listening for it because the wind is still blowing today. The wind, that promise of that heavenly blessing is still available. When the people of God gather together, that we have this hope and this promise. The wind just didn't blow a few thousand years ago one time. But the wind is still blowing in 2022. You hear about reports of it from our missionary James Mars on Friday night. Baptisms happening. Holy Ghost infilling, being imparted. People being, come on, filled with the Spirit of God. I'll tell you why. Because the wind is still blowing. We're hearing about it in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. Why? Because the wind is still blowing. I have the promise today that the wind is blowing again. The wind is still blowing in 2022. Come on, we've had a few rough years, but we're holding on to the promise. The wind is still blowing. Ah, ah, we've had a couple of rough seasons, but here's what I know. The wind is still blowing. In 2022, we've got the hope that on the day of Pentecost, the wind is still going to blow. It still wants to move in the room. I, I've been there when you sense it and you see it begin to ripple through the audience. The Holy Ghost has that power and authority. The wind is still blowing. If you feel it, I wonder if you just raise a hand. The wind is still blowing. We've been in prayer for this Pentecost Sunday. Because if there ever was a time when we need something to happen suddenly, it's today. The significance of wind in scripture comes to the forefront when we begin to talk about the spirit of God. It's an element that's introduced not just occasionally, but frequently. And understandably, we, we all know what it's like to feel the wind. We all know what it's like. We see the impact of wind on the trees that are falling after storms. We rake the leaves blown by the fall winds around in our yards. We, we move the snow blown in by the northeast winds of winter. We, we know about wind. We, we love those spring southerly breezes that warm the temperature and boost our morale. When, when we step outside and we can kind of leave the jacket behind. We like those days. And, 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 and so we all can relate to the wind. So is it any wonder that God connected his moving of the spirit to the wind 
It's like God said, let me just build in an illustration that every time you step out from shelter and you sense the wind beginning to blow, it's a reminder that I still have an intention for my spirit to move among man. Every time that we step outside, and it may be north, south, east, or west, but we have the impact of the wind upon us. That's why we talk about wind chill factor because wind has an impact on what the temperature is and it has an impact on what the temperature feels like. It may be minus two, but if that wind is coming from the north and it's moving across in that direction and the speed is somewhere between 20 or 30 kilometers an hour, that temperature drops from minus two, wind chill factor minus 10. But it's just a reminder that when that wind gets our attention, God's saying, I just wanted a little, little reminder out there that my spirit's still flowing like that. It's just a little reminder that, that, yeah, the wind matters because it's there in our lives. But God's saying, I, I'm just connecting it to the moving of my spirit because every time you feel the wind, I want you to be reminded. That's how I want to move on you. That's how I want to move on my church. That's how I want to move on humanity. I don't want it to be exclusive. I don't want it just to happen in one isolated incident or one little spot. I want it to move on all of humanity. I, I'm not intending for it just to be for someone or some three or some ten I've got a desire that my spirit moves universally that everybody knows what it's like to sense the moving of my power that my glory when it rests is something about it everybody has the right to experience the wind and everybody has the right to experience his spirit it's that universal symbol that signifies life and activity in scripture it sets forth, forth the power that invisible power we can't see it, but we see the effects of it. It's immaterial nature. The sign of God's sovereignty. I can't see it, but I feel it. Can't, can't see the wind, but you, you don't know it unless you see the, the leaves whipping by the window. You don't know that it's window side, but the moment you step outside, you can't see it, but when you step outside, like, whoa, that's windy. That's, a, that's what God wants us to know that he's sovereign and he's invisible, that invisible God that we serve. We may not be able to see him, but we can feel the effects of it. And that's why when we step into a room like this, there's something different about what we feel. We feel it. We can't see it, but we feel it. We may not, and, and then we, we see the impact of it or the results of it. We see the spirit of God, how it impacts a service. And we see that, uh, come on, somebody may have come in a little bit broken, but by the time they leave, God has mended them. And, and we can observe someone being moved on by God's presence. It's a tear that drips off their cheek. It's a hand that's raised in the air. It was someone that came in low, but they left encouraged. They left with a smile on their face. Why? Because the spirit of God moved. Nobody saw it, but it happened. It was here. It was evident. It was resonant. It was, it was on, come on, it was on par, on track. The, the power of the wind. The power of his spirit. In Ezekiel chapter 37, the spirit of the Lord set Ezekiel down in a valley full of dry bones. That was, they'd hit the snooze button one time too many. And he said, son of man, can these bones live? He said, prophesy to them. And Ezekiel prophesies, oh ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And he said, I'll cause breath. 
to enter into you and ye shall live. I'll lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin. And, and this valley of dry bones, an army that had been just decimated and destroyed, God began to put them back together. The Bible says that as Ezekiel prophesied, there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together. The right bone connected to the, the proper placement and, and it all came in order. And what was just a, a valley full of dry bones become skeletons, but those skeletons didn't stay there. They began to put sinew on and then the Bible says that from above the skin covered them. And, and there they were, this image of God's army. Powerful miracle already occurred. They had come back, but the Bible says this, but there was no breath in them. That this powerful army was all in place. They all looked proper. They all looked like they were ready to go to war, but the problem was there was no life in them. There was no breath in them. They were lifeless. They, they had potential, but the potential couldn't be realized because they were dead. They couldn't, be, they couldn't realize their purpose because they still, they had it all together on the outside, but on the inside, there was no breath in them. And then the Bible says this, it says, and then he said unto me, the Spirit of God spoke to Ezekiel, and he said, prophesy unto the wind. Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. And we see one more time this picture of prophetic promise that the spirit is connected to the wind. And the Bible said that the prophet stood up. He said he, and he prophesied as God commanded him. And he spoke to the north. And he spoke to the south. And he spoke to the east. And he spoke to the west. And, and he began to speak to the wind. And that wind began to move and that wind began to blow and that wind began to do that work. And the Bible says, and the breath came into them and they lived. Said they stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. They couldn't do anything until that prophecy came and the prophet spoke to the wind and then the spirit filled them. I'm saying that we can come. And we can have everything in order on the outside. But we know on the inside something's missing. But today is just one of those days when we're bold enough to stand up, speak up, and say, come on, wind. Bring the power of breath. Bring the power of life into this room. We've gone through a little bit of a season where death, come on, came in and death moved in. But right now we're speaking. You say, I'm so broken. I'm so disoriented. I'm so disjointed. I, I'm saying that in that moment, the power of prophetic utterance comes and the bones come together and the bodies come into being and, and the body. Bible has challenged us to speak life in that moment and so this morning we say let the wind blow the wind still blows and let it bring life into this room I don't know who you are but I've come with one simple word live the wind the wind is still blowing Jesus connects the dots for us when he meets Nicodemus that night Jesus, uh, he answered Nicodemus. Nicodemus was concerned about how he would have this entrance into the kingdom of God. And Jesus answered Nicodemus and he said, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born again when he's old? And can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, and of the spirit, he cannot enter. We still preach being born again of the water 
and of the Spirit. He still preached that when we repent and we turn from our sin, that we're buried in a watery grave of baptism. We're still, come on, we still preach the power of a water baptism. We still preach about that when you rise to walk out of those waters, you rise a new person in Christ Jesus. You're a new creature. You're brand new. And that opportunity is yours this morning. If, this morning, if you've never been baptized, this morning's your morning. We still preach about being born again of the water. But not just that, we speak about being born again of the Spirit because we believe that there is another baptism. We believe that there is another infilling. That we can be born again of the Spirit. And sometimes if that's new to you, you're like Nicodemus. The Bible says that, well, we don't know, but he must have questioned or he must have had this look on his face because Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Don't, don't, don't marvel at this, Nicodemus, because this is for you. It's a blessing. It's an opportunity for you. And sometimes today we still have people that marvel at the request and the responsibility to be filled with the Spirit. But it's not about do I have to do that. It's about do I get to do that? Can I do that? Can I take a lifeless life and have God's Spirit fill it with life? Can I do that? We still preach the same message that Jesus did to Nicodemus because it's our hope today. And we still have people like Nicodemus that marvel. What? And then we just say, why not? But Jesus responds. He said, you must be born again. And then he follows it up with this. Some of you theologians are already there at the end of the verse. Just back up with me. Let's do this together. One accord. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Jesus connects this wind. I don't know if it was a windy night that night or not. But here's what I do know. Jesus said, whoa, 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 Nicodemus, don't marvel. He said, the wind gets to go where it wants to. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and where it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In other words, when you allow the Spirit of God, it's just like wind. You can't control it. You can't contain it. You just kind of let it move with you. You let it direct your path. You might hoist a sail and manage it a little bit. You might, come on, you might, you might know a little bit about that. But, but here's what the thing is, that the Holy Ghost has the power to direct your life. Marvel not that I say you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but can't tell, tell whence it cometh. It just blows where it wants to blow. You can't control the wind, and you can't control the spirit. The wind is still blowing today. Come on, it's moving in the room right now. I'm not sure why, but some people want to look past the infilling of God's spirit. They want to believe that the Holy Ghost comes in some controlled manner and measure. They, they want an infilling without any evidence. They want a controlled, contained, calm, convenient Holy Ghost that they can direct. But in the same way that you can't control the wind, you can't control the Spirit. 
You can harness the power of the wind. You may have a turbine and you're going to use that wind to get you some power. You can hoist a sail and use the force of the wind to move your boat. You can put up walls to lower the impact of the wind on your home or your garden or your patio. But you can't direct the wind. The wind blows where it wishes to blow. We don't get to control it. We get to capitalize that. We get to be moved by it. That's what, that's what the spirit is. And, and so there's this, there's this requirement on our part. Now just stay with me. There's a little theology right here. There's this responsibility on our part that we've got to give up some, some stuff to let the Holy Ghost fill our lives. We've got to give up control because the wind blows where it wishes. And too often we want to control. No, no, that's normal. Our control gets us out of bed in the morning. Our control hits the get up button instead of the snooze button. Our, that's our control. That, 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 that. So, so we have a responsibility in so many areas of our life that, that we get to direct our path. We get to choose the kind of day for the most part that we get to, we get to choose how we react to the day we get. We get that. We, we've got that in our lives, but there's this part where we've got to give up control for God to move into our life. The Bible says that the tongue is the hardest member to tame. And, and the reason why tongues is a part of the spirit infilling is because you know that you've given up control when you allow God to fill you with his spirit. And he takes part and takes control of ele every element of you, including your tongue, because your tongue is the hardest member to tame. And that's why tongues is an evidence of his spirit coming into your life. That's why tongues is that, that power that, that we know that there's an evidence that the Holy Ghost, the sign of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. The tongue is the hardest part of you to tame. And so it's a sign of full surrender that you just say, okay, wind, blow where you wish in my life. Blow in my life. The wind still blows, but it still requires people that say, all right, here it is, God. I'm giving everything. I'm turning everything over to you. And, and we've watched it happen that when people relinquish control, the Spirit of God comes in and he begins to direct and he begins to fill and he begins to flow and the utterance happens and people begin to speak in a language that they never learned before why because they've given up full control the wind still blows where it listeth it still blows where it wants to blow and and you say well that, that that's just for a select few no -uh, that's that's why he connected it to the wind the same way that everybody's going to feel the wind when they hit the parking lot everybody's got the right to feel the power of the holy ghost in your life you just get to relinquish yourself to it and the spirit it begins to flow <laughs> when you give up God comes down in power and authority it's a sign of full surrender and that's why we preached the day of Pentecost when it was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The wind still blows. If we could come back to the music this morning. The wind is still blowing today. It's the Song of Solomon. It's an allegory in the form of a love story. It's a picture of the Lord's love for his bride, the church. And it's a story of the bride's love for her groom. I wonder if you just, just, just hang with me for a minute here. I know sometimes we hit the snooze button when we call the music back. But I feel like God's about ready to impart and 
do something powerful in somebody's life. It's a beautiful, descriptive story full of promises for the church. In Song of Solomon chapter 4, it says, A garden enclosed is my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. That there's this potential that's locked up in the church. That thy plants are an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, campfire and spike nerd, spike nerd and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloe and all the chief spices. Verse 15 says, a fountain of gardens, a well of living water and streams from Lebanon. And we begin to see this picture, the promise, the way that God sees the church isn't, isn't just some derelict bride that he's going to drag into glory. She's beautiful. She's prepared. She's lovely. She's wonderful. A fountain of gardens, a well of living water, streams from Lebanon. And there's just this beautiful sense of aroma and growth and lush garden. That's what God sees the church as today. God sees the church as something with a well of living water. We've got a well of living water. We've got a fountain of gardens. We've got streams that flow through every service. When the church gathers together, there's movement and there's growth and there's life. That happens in services. But it's this challenge that comes from the groom to the bride in verse 16 that I want to center our attention on. He said, Awake, O north wind, and come, thou south. He said, Blow upon my garden, that the spices thereof may flow out. Let my beloved come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. And if you've got allergies, you know that we're in the season of sneezing. You've already been to Costco for your bulk pack. I don't know what your favorite allergy medicine is. Reactin's maybe the one that we go to in our home. You've already added Kleenex to your grocery shopping list times three. If you're real keener, you've checked the weather network and you already know that the pollen count is high. High means 80 to 200 grains of pollen per cubic meter. Eighty to 200 grams of pollen right here, grains of pollen. It's high right now in Fredericton. But before you curse that blanket of yellow on your car, you need to know what it's for. Pollen is essential for the plant's reproduction. That's why we've got no mo may. I don't mean no more may, I mean no mo may. We're giving the bees a fighting chance, apparently. And if you participated, your lawn looks like a hayfield. And you're wearing out your mower to trim your yard down. But pollen, pollen, pollen's essential for the plant's reproduction. And we know that bees do their part, but it isn't just the bees. The, bi or the Bible, the science tells us that wind-pollinating plants release billions of pollen grains into the air. With the logic and reason, God designed it that way so that Single grains of pollen can land on a flower without the help of any other source than the wind. 
and that pollen has reproductive power inside it that little grain of pollen that we've all come to hate so much has the hope of reproduction on the inside for the flower pollen isn't an option it's a necessity many of the world's most important crops don't depend on the bees for pollination they depend on the wind wheat rice rye corn barley oats they all rely on the wind to carry pollen from the plant to the flower you can have this beautiful flower but the power of reproduction is in the pollen and it's only when the pollen is released and the wind begins to blow that the opportunity for reproduction occurs that the opportunity for growth until now you got a beautiful pretty flower but it becomes beneficial when the pollen connects with the flower and that can only happen when the wind begins to blow with the pollen the tree uh, becomes potential with pollen the flower is more than just fragrant it becomes fruitful it was the flower just a few moments ago but when the wind blew and the the pollen landed the power of reproduction is bought brought into play and and what was just a flower now becomes food and what was just a flower now becomes an opportunity for multiplication what was just a flower because the wind began to blow opens the door for more seed is going to land in the soil the growth is going to become exponential but it only happens when the be wind begins to blow and we're popping our react and we got our kleenex on the go but god's saying it's growth it's reproduction it's power no wonder when he stepped up to his bride in the book of Solomon he said oh north wind it's time to wake up it's time to get up north wind it's time to begin to blow because I've got a promise of come on there's a promise of fruition there's a promise of multiplication there's a promise about something that's beginning to grow right now it's got potential it's an army it's all assembled but the life hasn't been given yet so we're about ready to speak to the four winds we're gonna go north south east East, west, it's time to blow. And when the wind begins to blow, the wind still blows. When the wind begins to blow, life is going to come with the wind. And we're going to see something begin to happen. The Holy Ghost is going to fall when the wind begins to blow. Would you stand together with me? Awake. Awake, O north wind. They say that the north wind was the wind, Proverbs 25, that brought rain. Ezekiel spoke of a windstorm coming out of the north, a storm coming out of the north, but it was accompanied by brilliant flashes of lightning. And that, that north wind brings the rain that's so necessary for the growth of the crop and the growth to come. It's going to come from the north. That south wind brings that southern wind, and it brings the warmth necessary for the, that, that crop to grow. And, and you can see how the wind begins to work together along with all the agriculture, the meat meteorology that that all comes into place and it's just kind of like God designed it his plan his purpose it's all at work and and growth happens and flowers come into being and fruit comes on trees why because of wind that blows and every time that we see that wind and every time we eat that bread that came because some wind blew and the come on that flower came into fruition it's because of the wind that blow we need to know today that God's telling us every time you see the wind it's just a picture of my promise I'm ready to let the Holy Ghost flow 
on everybody. We all benefit from the wind, but, but we all get blessed by it. It's still blowing. The wind's still blowing. Come on, it was blowing last night. It was 20 degrees outside, and we were, we were trying to have dinner on the patio. I was glad I had a jacket on. But we had that promise, the reminder, the wind. The wind, it's just a promise. We need the wind to blow this morning in this room. We need the Holy Ghost to begin to fall and to flow. And, 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 and just like the wind was blowing last night, it was just a reminder. It's because I want to move in every service. I want to move. Man, I feel that help from the Holy Ghost right now. I wonder if someone just lift both hands and say, God, we need an Acts chapter 2 experience today. One accord in one place. If you have the gift of the Holy Ghost, I, I wonder if you just kind of catch that breeze that's blowing in the room right now. Come on, out loud. I'm thankful. I'm, I'm finished preaching. I, I'm just waiting for that promise. I, I'm finished preaching. I'm just waiting for that wind to blow. I'm waiting for that.
come around the front. We're just going to begin to get ready. from the balcony right come on right to this back green room I, I don't know but here's what I do know we're getting ready to receive something from God this morning we're getting ready if you've never just like give me one minute if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost if you've never had that infilling if you've never spoken with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance like they did in Acts chapter 2 this morning that experience is available for you that experience I'm just wondering is there any testimonies in the room that says I've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost I've spoke with other tongues is any anybody in the room anybody here just want to testify and say I, I've had that experience it's been in my life I just need a few people take a look around and say if God did it for them it's not just a select few it's not just a couple people but here's what I do know that if you've never received that baptism of his spirit God wants to do that for you this morning in this place. You say, well, how do you know? I said, it's to the whosoever will. It, it wasn't, come on, it wasn't 119 in the upper room that received and one that just didn't meet the part and didn't, didn't sign up and get, a, get in, in place, hit the snooze button one time. Two. No, 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 it says they all, every single one of them, universal, outpouring, infilling, just like the wind, the Holy Ghost wants to fill everybody in the room this morning. So, come on, it's just time to move all the inhibition aside. And it's time to say, I may as well. What have I got to lose? I've only got gain. It's just my opportunity this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to release a word of faith. But I'm wondering if you bow your head together with me. Let's move some stuff out of the way, God. If it's our willingness is the only thing that gets in the way, if it's the walls that we erect to stop the wind from blowing, that stop God this morning, we're asking, remove every wall, every barrier, every hindrance. God, I'm praying that someone would relinquish that wrongdoing that they're holding on to that think disqualifies them today. I pray, Father, that a simple prayer of repentance of their desire to turn away from sin toward you God would open that door for the wind of the spirit to blow freely in their life I pray God that someone make that decision right now it's not a long convoluted prayer it's a decision of a moment for someone to turn from sin toward God come on leave the fear behind leave the doubt behind and someone step into the promise that's available for you this morning get ready because God's about to do it get ready because God's about to feel you get ready because we're going to speak the word of faith in just a minute and somebody's going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning someone is going to feel the wind that universal wind begin to blow in your life. 
Father, right now, we're asking, God, as we stand before your presence, your almighty power, God, our cry is, awake, north wind. God, you got us up here in the northern part of our hemisphere. But God, we're calling for the north wind to blow. We're crying out, south wind, come into this place today. God, we're, we know it's an allegory of your spirit, but we're crying, God, fill us with the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. That prophetic promise that you had all the way through the Old Testament, God, the spirit that moved through Ezekiel to that valley of dry bones is here in the room this morning. I feel it. I feel it right now, God. Oil of the Holy Ghost rest in this room. If you're needing the baptism or a rebaptism of the Holy Ghost, we you just put both hands in the air right now? Come on and open your heart. Close your eyes and open your heart. Father, in this place this morning, God, we are asking for you to pour out, rain down. God, the promise of Joel as it was, God, as it came in Acts 2, like Peter said, this is that. God, this morning we are declaring this is that in this moment, God. I pray that you would pour out. Let somebody sense the wind of your spirit beginning to fill their life from the bottom to the top. Baptize them with the Holy Ghost and with power this morning. Come on, begin to cry out hallelujah. Begin to cry out and God's just going to begin to turn your tongue. He's beginning to let you speak in a language you never learned. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost if you got it. Talabo shakaha. Lebe sotorabaha. 